It's a dedication day and a baptism today day, and I want to teach today a little bit about baptism and remind us uh, about some of the things, just a little description of what baptism is to us. In the religious world, there's many different ways that people are baptized. Is that right? We're going to visit in scriptures in scripture here in just a moment, and we're going to visit a little bit of confusion about baptism. That happened back in Bible times, back in the New Testament. We're going to look a little bit of, look at a little bit of confusion that Jesus has to straighten out about baptism. And I, as I read that story, I thought, we still have some of the same confusion today about baptism, don't we? There's a lot of, okay, maybe it's just me. I get it. It's just me. I'm the only one confused about baptism. No, think of it. There's so many different ways people get baptized and different ideologies and methods and processes and reasons and motives that a person would get baptized. And it's something that's a little bit of a large debate from time to time. Confusion circles around baptism. For instance, the United House of Prayer for All People in Charlotte, North Carolina, faced a dilemma around baptism. They had a number of people who wanted to be baptized, and it was time for their yearly baptism service, but their baptismal was dysfunctional. It was not working, and it was under construction, and it didn't get finished in time for the baptism. But they had a bigger problem. There was too many, they figured, to be able to baptize in that, in that tank or trough, that baptismal for their yearly service, or much less a swimming pool. Unable to finish the project in time, they had a great idea that they would spray the whole group of people at one time. (laughs) I'm serious. The newspaper article reported this. When 2,000 people want to be baptized, that's a lot of dunking and a lot of time. Clearly, baptism with fire hose is more efficient. Wow. Wow. I love the problem. I'm still kind of confused about the solution. The elders, then assisted by local firefighters, sprayed a fine mist from a fire hose over the more than 2,000 baptismal candidates lined up in the church parking lot. There's something about that I do have to say I do kind of like. Wow, that's a big, big celebration. I want to help clarify some of the confusion there may be around baptism. Some people say that you can, that you can sprinkle people with water, that that's baptism. That's what you should do. Others, other people say that it needs to be a pouring, that there should be water poured over the person who's wanting to be baptized and Still other groups join this church in North Carolina to spray water on people, while others contend that you must be immersed in water. The form of baptism is in itself a heated debate. But there remains confusion about the purpose of baptism as well. Some people say that you should be baptized, but it's only an outward sign Of inward grace. Others think that children and babies 
should be baptized because they are in sin. And there's a sort of rescuing effect that has to be done, that has to be put into place in order to rescue them from sin. Many will only baptize adults and not kids at all. Some will baptize for the remission of sins. And others believe baptism is to fulfill all righteousness. Some groups will baptize purely. They don't believe it's spiritual at all, but it's really a ritual experience that every believer needs to go through. Some feel like you have to rebaptize people, and some people are adamantly against rebaptizing people. There's a lot of reasons why we should get baptized today. I want to look at some of those situations, and I think the best example is to look at Jesus' baptism. The best example, when we wonder what things look like, when we're in situations we're unsure of, it's best to follow Jesus. And I want to follow him to the water today. In Luke chapter 3, Luke gives a short account. You can turn with me if you want to Luke chapter 3. He gives a short account of Jesus' baptism in Verse 21, he begins by saying this. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized also. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. That's a pretty significant baptism experience. Seems like those sentences are not enough to describe that experience and clarify our confusion. Matthew has a little more to say in Matthew chapter 3 about Jesus' baptism as well. In verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Here's the confusion I'm talking about. Okay? Maybe it was a little precursor to the baptism that would, or the confusion that would surround baptism. Saying, I need to be baptized by you, don't I? And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. There's some occurrences that happen in these two pieces of Scripture that I want to pull out, and I want to point out not just for the people who are being baptized today, but for each one of us Christ followers. Baptism is significant. I want to clarify, it is obviously not something according to the scriptures that is absolutely necessary, but it's a really, really good idea. The thief on the cross with Jesus, what was he to do but to end up in paradise, certainly, absolutely, positively with Jesus Christ. And he didn't have to get down off the cross to get baptized, and yet Jesus set The example, did Jesus have to as well? That's some of the confusion. Why did Jesus even have to be baptized? If he didn't even sin, 
Why was baptism a good idea for Jesus? Well, it still was because it was a good idea for you and I, and it still is today. And Jesus was living a life that wasn't just innocence, wasn't just this holy righteousness living on earth, but it was to show us a right way to live as well. That's another form or definition of righteousness, right way of living. And Jesus came to show you and I, not to just know for himself, but to show you and I what's a right way to live, what's the choices that we could make to live a life that reflects and glorifies and honors God, but also empowers us and enables and mobilizes us. Little can go wrong in following Jesus' example. The first thing that I want to point out is that there was one of the images that I see in these scriptures is what God had to say of Jesus. The first point I want to make is God is a God who affirms his followers. He affirms them. Mary Jane and Hannah today, God affirms you in your baptism today. I don't think he just affirmed Jesus. He wants to affirm each one of us, encourage us and strengthen us. I want to affirm my kids. I want to remind them because sometimes they forget just like I forget, right? And our Father in heaven affirms and he proclaims and he announces, this is my son in whom I am very pleased. Hannah, God says that over you. Mary Jane, God says that over you. Mason, are you here? Today, I know you and I didn't get to connect. Mason, are you here? All right. But to each one of us sitting right where we are, as Mary Jane and Hannah get baptized today, God's saying, this is my son. This is my daughter. Those who recognize that claim it for themselves by proclaiming that Jesus Christ is their savior and their forgiver of their sins and their Lord, who they'll choose to live by. And he proclaimed that over Jesus and in his obedience and in his desire to please God and our participation to follow Jesus' example, there's something that is rising up in us as well to be God-pleasers, to live a life that pleases God, that turns away. And there's a process that happens inside of us. It's a new process. When we go into the water, that word baptism uh, is a root word called baptizo. And it really is an immersion. It means to be immersed in something. Because even before Jesus' baptism, even in Jewish ancient culture, before Jesus' time, they would actually baptize and immerse in water to wash clean and pure And Jesus' baptism, his example to you and I was even more so. Inside and out. With power, with might, with affirmation. With a proclamation that says, this is my son. This isn't just somebody who wants to be better for God. This is someone I'm in partnership with because I'm their God. 
Number two is God empowers his followers. There's a beautiful picture in both of those, isn't it? When the God of all comfort and all strength, the God of creation, the God of sacrifice, the God of commitment, the God of promise sends a promise. He sends that dove, the picture and the image of that dove before he said what he had to say is a beautiful picture of empowerment, of saying this one's special, this one's on my side. I am, he's not just committing to me, I'm committing to him. Do any of you remember another promise of a, another significant promise of God that maybe a dove introduced at one time in a recreation sort of moment? Noah's Ark, Noah sent the dove out to check and see, is it time? Is it time to unload from this ship? We've still got more, but is it necessary, right? And he sent the dove out and the dove left and the dove came back. Basically, it returned and had nothing in its mouth and there was no proclamation yet. It still wasn't time, but yet the dove went out again another time and returned with a leaf and it was was time. God was returning that dove Like this dove was returning again to Jesus and saying, there's a new creation. Things are recreated. There's a new covenant happening with my son. This is my heavenly son in whom I'm well pleased. And that's a message to those of us still today, still getting baptized 2,000 years later. There's an empowerment of the follower of Jesus Christ who commits publicly and says, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. The third thing that, oh, I'm sorry, before I get to the third thing, I do want to read, I love this scripture and I can't, I can't get it out of my mind when it comes to baptism. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us of that new promise as well. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, The new creation has come. It's like that dove bringing that branch back. It's like that dove at Jesus' baptism saying, this is a new creation. The old has gone and the new is here. What's after, what ends that sentence? What ends that verse? An exclamation mark. The new is here. The new is here. This scripture, I don't have time to read it, but it also reminds us, don't keep looking at the person. Don't keep looking at the person like they did Jesus. In the context of the world, look at them as the new creation they are. I affirm them. And I want to encourage you, church, right? Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians, look at them as the new creation that Christ gave his life for, that he resurrected from the dead for that they would become righteousness, that they might become righteousness of God. Wow, what a process. It's really hard to describe in 15 minutes before we baptize people. But it's a powerful description, isn't it? That you and I are affirmed by God, that we're empowered by God, but it says in these verses as well, that this is what started Jesus' ministry. It started Jesus' ministry. One of them says that the next thing that happened was the wilderness. 
in Matthew. Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting and tempting. And uh, I'm trying to remember what the other version says. Luke gives a different account. But they both point to the fact that now Jesus was on mission. And, and that he that he had purpose and calling that was now initiated. And I want to say that as well and remind us, you as well, God has plans and purposes for you. It's not to sit and wait for eternity to happen. It's not to sit and wait for the second coming to be here one day. It's not to sit and to watch some people do it. Elders, leaders, pastors, each one of us, God has mission for us to live and to be about. Amen. Today, we're on mission together, I hope, Mount Helena Community Church. We're on mission to celebrate these people, to celebrate their commitment to Christ, to celebrate the fact that God affirms them, God calls them his sons and his daughters and a part of his family, but that he has mission and purpose. He has ministry for them to do. He has a gospel that has to be preached, that has to be shared, that has to be lived, that has to permeate and gets to permeate from us that we might be the righteousness of God here on earth, that we, in a way, would be those doves being sent out, saying new creations here. There's a new covenant. There's a new season. There's new possibilities. Amen? We are going to celebrate with at least two wonderful ladies. But before I introduce them to you, I want to tell you that it doesn't just have to be those two. If maybe something that I shared provokes you and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I, I might be something that I need to do or want to do. You could do that today if you want. I'm not looking for that. I'm not trying to provoke you in that way. But if God is urging you and gives you the courage to respond today, by all means, we want to cooperate as well. Right, church? And so you can be baptized today. There's another opportunity coming up in August uh, to be baptized at Clark's Bay on uh, the first Sunday of August. That's another opportunity. But if you can't wait, if today you know it's a way that you can respond, you're more than welcome to do that. And you can come check in with Jen Rebo, who is here and a staff member here of Mount Helena Community Church. And Jen is um, happy to help direct you and connect you with that. Um, we do have clothing and extra towels here, and um, we'll help you get connected with that. So if you want to do that, you uh, please do that. For us here at Mount Helena Community Church, baptism is a celebration. It's a part of our worship as a church. It's not something that we just sit and watch. It's something that we have an active part to play and to be engaged in. And so we're going to head back into worship. I want to welcome the worship team to come back up. They're going to lead us back into a song of worship um, before we, two have, before we have two wonderful ladies who have decided they want to get baptized today. Mary Jane, would you come on up here and start making your way up here? This is Mary Jane Van Pelt, and she is so glad to be a part of Mount Helena Community Church, and we are so glad to baptize you today. Mary Jane, you can come stand over here. And Hannah, and I have to confess, I'm trying to re remember your last name. 
Eric, thank you, Hannah. Uh, Hannah is getting baptized, and uh, we are glad to have Hannah be a part of Mount Helena Community Church. And uh, it's taken Hannah a little bit of time to find a church, to belong to a church. But to get baptized as well, and I've really enjoyed hearing her story and how God's led her to today. But uh, it's our privilege to be that church today that gets to witness baptism. So would you stand to your feet as John and the team lead us back into worship, and uh, we will baptize. Father, we come before you with Hannah, and God, we say your grace marks her life, may it empower her and strengthen her even in times of weakness god you make the weak strong you turn the things of the world upside down and you make weakness turns into turn into strength and father i just i i feel an empowerment happening for hannah of your love that god there's a new acceptance there's a new affirmation happening today a new strength that's hers. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you fill her and you enable her. God, you release her. And I just think there's great things that you are still going to do. Great, great things that you're going to break through here on earth like heaven. To start, to do, to partner with, to happen that's going to change, going to have some effect on some people's life. You've been affected by God and God enables you to have a God effect on people. God, we lift Hannah up to you, and we thank you for her. Thank you for her being in Helena here, and thank you for bringing her to Mount Helena Community Church. We celebrate your work in her, and we look forward to your best that's coming. We baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, church, thanks for celebrating with Mary Jane and Hannah. I just want to give opportunity. Is there anybody that wants to give their life to Jesus Christ, that wants to make a decision, maybe for the first time in your life, that you want to make God more of a priority? Maybe you've believed in God. Maybe you've grown up inside the church. Maybe you haven't. It doesn't really matter. What matters is the decision that you make, that at some point you make a transaction with God, that you take the courageous And the Bible calls a faith-filled step, a step of faith to make a decision for God. Is there anybody regarding salvation or baptism? Either one. If you would like, I'm available afterwards. I'd be happy to visit with you. Or maybe you've come with someone. Maybe you know someone here in this room that's made that decision as well. You're welcome to visit with them afterwards, but... I do have a couple of things that I want to announce or share before we pray and finish. One is happening this week. There are still happenings going on this week. We are celebrating five awesome seniors who are about to graduate from high school. And so Wednesday night, yes, it's quite an accomplishment, not just for them, but their parents as well. And we want to bring them together and pray over and speak over and just hear from God for these five seniors before they celebrate their graduation and launch into another chapter, another phase of life. And so we're going to do that at 730 right here this Wednesday night uh, with both youth groups. It's a part of youth group as well. But you, the church, is invited to be a part of that as well with the prophetic team, with the prayer team, with the elders 
And uh, uh, that's Wednesday night here at 7.30. And then Saturday, we have a men's breakfast at 8 o'clock here as well. And the men ask you, and the ladies specifically who are helping make breakfast, ask that you register for that. Please sign up. You can find that on our webpage or go to the mobile app or uh, the kiosk out at the Welcome Center. And you can sign up for that uh, just so they make sure and have a spot and a place for you for some really good food and fellowship on Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Can we pray together? And we'll finish in a song. Father, we thank you for your amazing process in us. Even this moment, this baptism moment, it's reflective of such a big plan that you have for us, such a big work that you are doing in each one of us. And God, I pray that you would motivate every Christ follower in this room to follow you wholeheartedly. God, may we not be warm. May we not even be cold. May we be red hot for you. God, I pray that your spirit be with us this week. You strengthen us and you cause us to be bold and courageous like you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.